Hey y'all, you're listening to Crying and Trying, the podcast, the comprehensive guide for cultivating emotional intelligence in a fucked up world. This podcast focuses on how oppressive systems and the human experience interact and impact our mental health. As a disclaimer, I am not a licensed mental health care professional or an expert. I am just one human who has lived through the mental health experience, sharing my story and giving my advice. Please, if you or someone you know needs help, seek it out immediately by a professional. I will have hotlines, warm lines, and other support resources available in the show notes. Howdy, friends. Back for the sixth episode of season four. So, um, this week I'm going to be talking about um, a societal burden that I carry that has been causing me a lot of distress um, and has been impacting just my mood and my feelings about myself and um, you know I've been having a hard time dealing with this for a long time. Um, and I did just talk to my therapist about this topic and she was like, well, do you really want to know the answer? So I think we're going to start doing some parts work on this, um, at my next session, which is going to be, uh, next week. So maybe I'll actually have an update for y'all, um, by the time that happens. But, uh, so just a little background on this. So my partner and I just had our seven year anniversary, um, which was really exciting. Uh, we're actually celebrating tomorrow. We're going out to dinner and we're going to get like semi matching silly little tattoos, uh, to celebrate. So we, and so like, this is the thing I, Alex and I, and he's going to come on the podcast at some point. Um, he's still not super comfortable with it. And, you know, I respect that entirely, but he did give me permission to share this story because it is, um, you know, pretty personal and it's about like our future together. Um, and I didn't want to just like bombard him and have this shared to the entire world and by entire world, I mean like the 10 of you that regularly listen, but, um, still it's really personal. Um, so we've been together for seven years, you know, we weren't supposed to be anything serious. We met on Tinder and it was just supposed to be a casual hookup. Um, and then, you know, we got really serious, really fast. So. We moved in pretty soon after we started dating just because I was staying at his place all the time for convenience because it was closer to my work. Um, so we've also been living together for almost seven years. Um, and, you know, this is my like third or fourth really serious relationship. Um, I'm almost, I'm also turning 31 this year. And you know, when I was a kid, I had this idea that I'd be married and have a family by the time I was 25. Um, and, you know, 25 came and went. And at that point, I had decided I didn't think I wanted kids. And I'm still pretty positive that I don't want to have children. If I do, I would uh, foster, uh, most likely. Um, but, you know, we all, we all are indoctrinated and with this idea that like to be successful, you have to grow up, get married, have a family, have a career, buy a house and like do all these things by certain points in your life. Right. Like it's kind of this unspoken rule that pretty soon, like you got to find the love of your life pretty soon after you become an adult. And then pretty soon after that, you have to get married. And then pretty soon after that, you have to have a kid and you need to buy a house before you have a family. And and all of this sort of stuff and that you want to like find your career and you want to stay in that field and you want to stay at the same place for a long time. And, you know, what I'm constantly dealing with in therapy is I feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to in my life. Um, and, you know, this, this relates to everything career wise, uh, personal life, you know, romantic life. You know, I just, I'm always feel like I'm not at the right point. Um, you know, my ex that I was with for five years, um, all throughout college, like really thought I was going to marry that person. Very glad that we're not together. Like, and every time that I struggle with this and I'm, I'm upset that, you know, I'm not engaged yet or I'm not married yet. And, you know, I'm comparing like, oh, well, if I was still with 
my ex, I would be married by now. And my friends are always like, yes, but you wouldn't want to be married to him. Like, would you want to just be married to be married? And it's not that I'm, I want to be married to him. It's like, there's a part of me that is grieving the fact that I'm not already married that I could have been. And it's almost like there's a part of me that just wants to check these boxes off. And like, I, a larger part of me, I think, you know, what we would call self doesn't want to just check those boxes off. I want to live authentically. I want to be authentically myself. And that might mean that I'm living my life on my own schedule and I'm not following society's schedule. Um, and you know, I'm not following society's schedule at all. Like I, yeah, I went to college and I went to grad school, but I don't own a house. Probably not going to happen anytime soon. Not married, not engaged, no kids. Like, um, changed careers multiple times. So like I am, if you look at me as like, you know, the American dream or like what you're supposed to do as an American adult, like I'm probably considered a failure because I don't have any of those things yet. And I internalize that a lot. And part of me does think that I am a failure because I'm not married yet, or I don't have a family yet. Even though I do have a family, my family is Alex and my pets and like, you know, my best friends. And it's not your conventional, um, you know, nuclear family, but it's still a family. And, you know, that's the thing too, is I'm, I'm really carving my own path. Like I am doing things that are so different from everyone else in my life, from all of my family and a lot of my friends and, you know, the kind of career that I'm choosing and, you know, the, the work I'm doing on myself and, um, you know, I've had a lot of setbacks. And so I'm not at the same point that a lot of my friends are. And I find myself getting really sad and comparing myself to everyone else. Oh, that person just announced they're pregnant. That person just announced they're engaged. That person just got married. Um, and even though I don't want to be pregnant or have kids, um, it's every time something good happens in someone else's life, there's always like a pang of sadness and like comparison. Like I'm always comparing myself to other people and I'm just like, oh, I'm not... I'm not successful. I'm not good enough. Um, and you know, when it comes to the whole not being married or engaged thing, that has been a huge, huge thing that I've had difficulties processing. Um, and you know, there's a lot of factors that are involved in this, right? It takes a lot of money to get engaged and married in like this stereotypical way with like a big wedding with lots of people and at a venue and you know you order dinner and the dress and the bachelorette and bachelor weekends and um you know invitations and photo shoots and there's all this shit that goes along with it not to mention just getting engaged like the cost of the ring alone um can be pretty steep and, you know, I am very poor. I'm really struggling paycheck to paycheck. You know, I have student loans that are killing me. Um, and so it's, you know, we don't have a lot of money to be able to do that sort of thing. And that's fine. Um, you know, I've said I'm okay with having a really long engagement or eloping or doing a small wedding. Um, and again, I say I'm fine. And part of me wants that. But there's also a part of me like, you know, the little girl that was five that had this dream of a fairy tale wedding. Um, you know, I think every person that was raised as a little girl has that dream. Um, and holds on to that for at least part of their life and maybe even most of their life. And I'm not the exception to that. And that's also so like, you know, it's the money aspect of it. It's also just a huge change. And a huge step, like everything will change. Taxes are going to change. And, you know, um, just like the the dynamic may change in your relationship and the way people treat you. Like I was, I've been talking with a lot of my coworkers about this. So my work wife, she's um, in her mid forties and she's not married to her partner. She calls her her husband because she, she feels the same way. It's like embarrassing almost to say, oh, my boyfriend, when you're like, an adult. 
and 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 I know it's not embarrassing to have a boyfriend. Like people of all ages have boyfriends and girlfriends and and partners when they're not spouses. But like we were both in the, in agreement. We were like, yeah, it's like almost embarrassing, and it's easier than say, than explaining the whole thing. It's just to say my husband, because people understand what that means and know what that entails. And she's like, yeah, you know, we never got married and we, we broke up for a little bit and this happened and blah, blah, blah. And so instead of just telling people that, I just say he's my husband. And I'm like, yeah, I, I get that. Um, and then, you know, I have another friend at work and her partner is, um, you know, disabled for life. And he is on Medicaid and disability benefits. And part of being on those benefits is you cannot get married. If you get married, you lose those benefits because legally your spouse is supposed to be able to support you. So I was talking to her as well. You know, she's, they've been engaged for a long time and she's just, you know, there's a big part of her that's really sad that they also can't get married. And, and so it's like, you know, I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. And you know, I have a friend on Twitter too. She's in her thirties and she's never really had a long-term relationship of any kind. She's never got to do any of the cute, fun holiday things like pumpkin patch dates or Christmas tree lighting dates or ice skating dates. And, you know, she's commented about how it hurts her too and how she feels like she's doing something wrong or there's something wrong with her. And so like, you know, I, I've been trying to think about this a lot lately. Like, why is it that I am so hung up on needing to be engaged, needing to be married. Like, I know Alex loves me. I know he does. So, And I know he loves me so much. And he shows me that all the time. It, with tiny gifts here and there. Like, he brings me snacks. He will go to the store and he'll just pick up a thing of candy or he'll pick up a thing of chips. Or, you know, he recently... I don't know if you guys all know what Timu is. It's one of those new like online marketplaces. We've been getting ads for it left and right, but it was like a deal. It was like, oh, you get buy one thing, get four things free. So you end up paying for the most expensive. And like, he surprised me with a bunch of stuff that, you know, I would like in that. I'm obsessed with mushrooms. And he got this like really nice plush blanket that has mushrooms on it and a little neon mushroom light that we put on our wall. And it was just like out of nowhere one day he was like, oh, guess what? Guess what I got? And, like, that's a way that he he shows his love by, like, doing little things here and there. And, you know, I know he loves me because I have been through the ringer, man. I've been struggling with my mental health, my entire relationship with him, honestly. It was right before I met him that I started going to therapy and I really started working on myself. So he has seen a lot of different versions of me. He's seen teacher Lexi. He's seen engineer Lexi. He's seen... Um, retail worker Lexi. He's seen happy and successful, quote unquote, Lexi. He's seen super depressed Lexi. He's seen in an outpatient psych facility Lexi. Um, and he's still here and he's still giving me the love that I need and deserve. And, you know, he shows me he loves me in small ways by, you know, helping around the house. And, you know, that's one way I know he loves me and because I'm not just a housewife, you know, and some of this comes from, you know, my stance on things and, you know, my feminism and my anti-patriarchy and anti-capitalism and everything. It's not like, you know, I, you know, I'm non-binary, so I'm not a woman anyway, but I don't just fill the role of a woman in our household. I don't do all the cooking and cleaning and I don't do all the shopping and laundry we split everything in this household. We are equally responsible. And honestly, Alex might do more than me because um, he has the car. So he does laundry. We don't have in-unit laundry. He has to go to the laundromat. He does grocery shopping. Um, he ends up folding laundry usually because I fucking hate that chore more than anything. Um, and I hate putting it away. So he's he's the laundry man. And then I'm typically doing the dishes. And I'm typically taking care of the plants and I do more like little things around the house and he tends to be a bigger cleaner and it's harder for me to clean. It's harder for me to clean consistently and it's very exhausting and it takes a lot out of me. And so he's often the one that will initiate cleaning the house or I'll be really depressed and he'll be sit, he'll clean the house and I'm going to sit on the couch and do nothing and rest because that's what I need. 
And, you know, that's how I know this man loves me because I've been in relationships where, you know, I was worthless unless I was doing my, my wifely, my womanly duties, unless I was cleaning. If the house was a mess, I wasn't good enough. If I wasn't cooking, I wasn't good enough and worthy of things. And, you know, he lets me be a messy human and he still loves me for it. And so, you know, I know deep down that he loves me. But I still really struggle with the fact that we're not engaged. And, um, you know, this has bothered me for a long time. Like I, um, and up until recently, wasn't able to talk to Alex about it because he would shut down and he would internalize everything I was saying. And Alex has been going to therapy recently. Uh, Actually, he's hitting about a year um, or may have just passed it. So he has been doing therapy for about a year. And honestly, that was one thing I asked of him. I was like, look, I need you to be able to talk to me. And because he's just a very reserved person. He's never really talked to people about himself or his feelings or his needs or wants or desires. Um, and he didn't really know how to communicate effectively. Um, and Gran and I didn't either. We've learned a lot together and we've grown together and learned how to communicate effectively with each other. Um, so, you know, I have been able to express to him when it hurts that we're not engaged or when I'm having those feelings and that he doesn't love me or I'm not good enough. And that's why we're not engaged yet. And, um, you know, I used to be afraid to even bring it up to him because I was afraid that he would take it personally and he would think that I was pressuring him and that, you know, I was mad at him for not doing this. And then he would feel bad about himself. So, you know, again, not my responsibility to worry about his feelings, but I love him. So I do worry about his feelings and I want to make sure that I'm not, you know, making him feel like a piece of shit, but I also need to honor my own needs. And so we've really been working on this together for quite, quite some time. Um, and so, you know, a few years ago, I wouldn't have been able to tell him this and I have brought it up many times in our relationship. I think I probably started bringing it up, uh, you know, three or four years ago, Because we were both in our late 20s and everybody around us was getting married or having kids or getting engaged or buying houses. And so it's like this societal pressure, like almost peer pressure to do what everyone else is doing. And you know what? He wasn't ready. And I honestly wasn't really ready either. Um, But I felt like a failure because we weren't at that point. And like, you know, I I was like, we're not engaged. And the reason is why is because he doesn't really want to marry me. He doesn't really love me. There's something wrong with me. And, you know, we've been able to talk about this. And I still don't really know why he hasn't proposed to me. And I don't, I don't need to know either. But he has assured me that he loves me regardless. You know, that I, that he does very much love me. And um, you know, a ring on my finger isn't going to prove or disprove that. But it's, you know, even at my best friend's wedding, like when I was her maid of honor, um, and yes, I, I am non-binary and we did use the gendered terms because I couldn't really think of anything else. Person of honor sounded weird. So I just went with it, you know, but I was her maid of honor and I had a lot of moments where I felt really sad. Because I was like, you know, I'm getting to see my best friend marry the love of her life. And when is my turn? And I just kept feeling like it was never going to happen. Um, and so my ex got engaged recently. And that hit me really fucking hard. And a year ago, I wouldn't have said anything to Alex. Because I knew it would hurt his feelings. And I knew that it would, um, you know, upset him. But I told him. And I was like, hey my ex got engaged and I'm feeling really bad about myself. Um, and I was able to talk to him about it and that felt really good, you know? Um, and so, I mean, I, I, I'm still not even at the point where I want what I wanted to talk about, but this is the, the foundation of it and the background of it is that we've done a lot of this work over the past few years to be able to have conversations that are hard with each other and tell each other when things are difficult. And, you know, my feelings about not being married is one of those things. And we've sat down and we've had conversations and, um, 
and they're actually conversations. You know, we listen to each other and we acknowledge each other's feelings and we thank each other for sharing. And it is so emotionally intelligent. And like, I'm so proud of how far we've come. And it just makes me, it really makes me value the relationship that I have with him. And so then when I'm feeling silly and, and sad that, you know, he doesn't love me, I'm like, but look at all this evidence to the contrary. He does. He's, he, um, while he is going to therapy for himself, a big part of it is he's going to therapy for me because I asked him to. And I almost, it was kind of an ultimatum. I was like, if you don't go to therapy, we can't be together anymore because I need you to be able to process your own feelings so that we can learn how to talk to each other. Um, so it was kind of an ultimatum, but not really. And honestly, I've been giving, I've been telling him for at least four years that I wanted him to go to therapy and he tried for a while and didn't work. And so, and, but you know, I've been patient with him and understand that it's a process and it's, it's not going to happen immediately. And, you know, um, I can't demand that he do this. Like, it's something that I'm going to ask him. It would be helpful for me if you did this. And then, um, you know, I have to support him in whatever he chooses. And so he did choose to go to therapy. He's been going consistently for about a year, like I said, and our communication has improved so incredibly much in that time. Um, it's, it's really amazing to see, um, because Alex was somebody who, <laughs> like, we would, we would never speak to each other. It was a lot of, um, you know, we wouldn't really speak to each other. I mean, we would, we would talk to each other, but we weren't having like conversations and like, you know, I would talk to him and I would tell him about my day or whatever. And like, and that would be the end of it. And so eventually I was like, look, I would like you to ask me about my day and like really listen and want to know what's going on in my life and ask me how things are going and how I'm feeling. And, and I want you to tell me the same thing for you. And it's been a, a process. Um, but we finally get there, you know, we ask each other every day how each other's day was and we really listen and we, we know about everything that's going on in each other's workplaces. And, you know, we, we talk to each other about our feelings and when we're struggling with things and it's really beautiful to be able to do that. And so I struggle a lot with feelings of inadequacy and self-doubt and self-hatred. Um, and I just always fall back on, you know, nobody really loves me. Everyone's kind of lying and pretending and it's a big old joke and haha jokes on Lexi. Like, you know, Alex is going to leave me because he didn't really love me and all my friends are going to leave me because they don't really love me. And so those are feelings that I, I'm, I'm, I'm really dealing with every single day. Um, and so, you know, because we have been dating for about seven years and I talk to my friend Sam about this all the time, literally every big event that we have, uh, like a big trip or a big birthday or a big anniversary, or if we go out to a fancy dinner, I'm like, he's going to propose to me. Like part of me is like, Oh, he's going to propose to me. I'm going to come out of this and be an engaged human. And then it doesn't happen. And then I get sad. And, you know, I try not to get my hopes up because I want to be able to live presently. And I don't want to be sitting there like wishing and hoping and praying that, you know, he proposes to me and then completely ruin the night when he doesn't. Um, and so, you know, I struggle with this a lot. And, um, you know, recently we went camping and I thought he was going to propose to me there. And I remember getting upset. Um, and I was like, you know, I'm such a fool. And, and at that time, I didn't tell him what I was thinking. But I was like, I'm such a fool to think that you would ever want to to marry me is what was going through my head. And, you know, we were drinking. And so I was like, this isn't the time to talk about this. And I was just like, you know, I'm just sad. It's okay. Um, but at, at my last birthday, you know, I was like, he's going to propose to me. And we went to Canopy Lake Park for his birthday. And I was like, he's going to propose to me on the top of the Ferris wheel. And, and you always get a little disappointed after. Um, and, you know, I, I don't tell him when I'm like, oh, I thought you were going to propose because I don't want to be constantly talking about it. I don't want to put that pressure on it. I don't want to be thinking about it. I do want it to be a surprise when it happens. Um, so I don't bring it up you know, when I'm like, oh, I thought you were going to propose. And now I'm disappointed that you didn't. But it's been happening. Um, so then our anniversary comes around and 
our anniversary was on a Tuesday. We're going to dinner the following Saturday, uh, which is tomorrow from when I'm recording and when the episode should be out. Haha, <laughs> I'm behind again. I'm recording the day the episode is supposed to be released. Oops. Um, but, you know, so I'm, I'm feeling, I'm struggling with those feelings a lot, especially seeing my ex get engaged and my ex bought like my dream house and Alex's brother just got married recently and one of his friends just got married recently and one of his friends just had a baby and my friend just had a baby. And so it's just like, you know, I feel disappointed and like I'm missing out and I'm not at the point in life where I should be a lot. And I struggle with those feelings. And so, you know, our anniversary, like I said, you know, we didn't really do anything to celebrate the day of. And and I knew we were going to dinner on Saturday, but I was still kind of just expecting a little something the day of. I was like, maybe we can go have some champagne at the Quarries, which is like a, a place we like to go. Um, and we could watch the sunset. It was really cloudy and rainy that day. So there was no sunset. So that didn't happen. I was like, well, maybe we can get it, go get ice cream. That also didn't happen. You know, I come home, I had given him a card. I brought him flowers because yes, guys need flowers too. Everyone deserves some flowers on their birthday or for special occasions. So I got him some pretty little red carnations, but I come home and I give him these things and you know, I don't expect anything in return. Part of me does because he didn't have anything for me. He was like, oh, I didn't get you a card. And I was like, that's okay. We had some special experience planned for the day after our anniversary. And I was like, that's okay. Like, you have other things planned for going to dinner. It's not a big deal. Part of me was a little sad that I didn't even get a card or, you know, like a little treat or anything. But I know things are coming. And I'm allowed to be sad that I didn't get anything the day of. Like, that is a very valid feeling. Um, it was still nice. You know, we just, we hung out and did what we normally do, but I do like to celebrate things. I like to have special occasions for things because I never got to celebrate things growing up. And, you know, I like taking moments to recognize, you know, when things are special or happy or, you know, we, they deserve to be celebrated. And so, you know, that happened. I was a little sad. And then the next day, something I had a really bad start of my day at work. <laughs> so before I even got to work, um, like while I was getting ready and then in the parking lot, stuff happened. There was a lot of drama with employees that I'm not going to get into at this point in time. But um, so I was already having a really bad day. And then I was just feeling really depressed anyway. And then I was talking to Alex and I was like, oh, my God, I'm really excited for this surprise. Like, I'm really looking forward to it. I need something good today. And he was like, oh, well, we might have to wait. Like, it ended up being a first come, first serve thing. And I was like, oh, that's okay. Like, I we can wait. But, you know, he was like, can you get out of work at four? And I was working until six that day. And I was like, yeah, I can, you know, change my schedule. I can come in a little early on some other days. So I moved my schedule around. And, you know, and then I had a bad morning. And so I was just like, I'm really looking forward to leaving at four o'clock and doing the surprise. It's going to be a good day. And he's like, we may have to wait. And then a little later, he's like, okay. So I called and they're actually full today. And I was like, oh, that's okay. And I was very upset. And so a little more background on me. Like when I am feeling triggered and when I'm feeling upset, I shut down, especially if it's like, you know, we were supposed to be doing something and it didn't work out the way it was supposed to. And I want to be doing something else. You know, someone's like, oh, no, we can do that thing. No worries. We can do what you wanted to do. I'll be like, oh, no, 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 it's okay. I don't want to. People pleasing 101. And this is what I call my brat mode. Um, And I do this and it's definitely a trauma response. It's a way for me to try and protect myself from getting hurt. Um. And I, I still haven't really delved into this with my therapist too much, and I'm not really sure, like, where it stems from, but I I turn into a brat, and I'm like, you know, even if I want to do something really bad, I'm going to be like, no, you know what, I don't want to do it anymore, and then I'm going to want to do it, but I'm going to sit there and throw a fit and be like, I don't want to do it. And, you know, I think part of this is from... 
growing up, you know, if I wanted to do something and it wasn't happening and I expressed that I wanted to do it, my parents would throw a fit and throw a tantrum and be like, oh my God, we have to do what the princess, what the queen want. Like they would make me feel like shit for saying, hey, we're supposed to be doing something that I wanted to be doing and that's not happening. And so I think that's part of it. Again, I haven't done the work to really, um, you know, get introspective about that. But this is something that happens a lot. Like, you know, there was one time I wanted to go out and get drinks. I was like, oh, could we get drinks tonight? And then Alex didn't say anything all day. And I was like, well, I don't want to ask again. And then, you know, it was about bedtime. And I was like, oh, so I guess we weren't going to go get drinks today. Because, you know, I was in the mood for a fight or I was pissy. I don't know what it was. And he was like, oh, my God, I'm so so. Do you want to do you want to go get a drink now? And I was like, no, it's bedtime. It's too late. I don't want to go. And I'd wanted to go get drinks all night. And yes, I would wanted I wanted to go. <laughs> um, even then when he was like, yeah, let's go. But then I feel like a bitch and a brat because I'm like, oh, well, I'm making you go. And you don't really want to go and you're just doing it because you want me to go. And so, like, I have all of these internal um, cognitive distortions and things that I have to work on myself. But I go into brat mode and I recognize that. And Alex is aware of my brat mode and he knows that it happens sometimes and he's, you know, accepting of it. He's not, he doesn't be like, yeah, I love brat Lexi. Like, he's like, "I, I know that you're working on it and, like, I know that it's uncomfortable for you. And so, you know, when he was like, oh, well, we can't go today. He's like, when's your next weekday off? And I was like, well, not until September because I have a bunch of stuff going on on weekends and I had to take three-day weekends. So I'm working a lot of four tens. And so it's just like my schedule is really packed over the next few weeks. And I was like, "Um, you know, September. And I was like, well, just in my head, I was like, well, let's just not do this surprise. I like, it's just not worth it then because it couldn't happen today. And now I'm going to have to wait a month. And so, you know, in my head, I was catastrophizing really bad. I was like, nothing happened special for our anniversary yesterday. The special surprise we were supposed to have today didn't happen. So, and so in my head, I'm like, we might as well just not go to dinner either. And I didn't say any of this to him. I was really dealing with it in my head. And I was like, I was really upset all day. I was like, crying like on the verge of tears and then having little spurts of crying and like just getting really overwhelmed and overstimulated and then you know and in my, as I'm talking to Alex and we're trying to figure this out he doesn't want to ruin the surprise and so he doesn't want to tell me what it is but he's like it's first come first serve and we're trying to figure out schedules and it's it's just getting me upset and so you know we still snapchat that's our main form of communication because we like to see each other's faces and then we don't have to like have the pictures saved on our phone um so you know, I sent him a video of me crying and explaining how I was feeling. And again, like a year ago, I wouldn't have been able to do this because I'd be afraid of how he reacted and how um, it would make him feel. But I did it. And I was like, and I, I had told my friend Sam, I was like, I was like, I know I'm in brat mode. I like don't even want to go to dinner. I just want to like, you know, move past this anniversary. This sucked and he doesn't love me and he doesn't care. And she was like, mm-hmm. Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? Uh, uh, I think you should leave uh, is the thing that just came into my my brain. Um, but, you know, I ended up, even before I finished talking with my friend Sam, I sent Alex this video and I was like, hey, I'm trying, and I preface it with, I'm trying to communicate my feelings to you. And I think that that helps us to both depersonalize it and like be like, okay, you're not mad at me for this happening. You are having feelings and you're trying to express them to me so we can work through them together. So it's like, I'm trying to communicate my feelings. I'm not mad at you. Um, I'm just really sad. And I was basically like, you know, I didn't even get a card yesterday. I didn't get anything. And I, I gave you this stuff. And it's like, and it's not that like, you also had to get me something because I know we have this plan and I know we have dinner. But I just, I'm really sad that we can't do this thing today. I had a bad day and I'm really looking forward to it. And and I just feel really down on myself and like this anniversary was a failure and that you don't love me. And, and um, you know, I'm, I'm part of me. It's like, I don't even want to go to dinner because what's the point? 
so I send him this and, you know, he says, thank you for, for telling me how you're feeling. He says, thank you for telling me how you're feeling. Your feelings are so valid. Like, I'm really glad that you're able to tell me. And I'm getting, like, I'm, st- I'm, <laughs> like, it just, I can't believe that I have somebody that loves me like that, that I can have these conversations with him. And we can really talk about how we're feeling and without us taking it personally and us catastrophizing things. And it's just like, it's so beautiful. And I'm blown away by it every time it happens. And I'm just so incredibly grateful for it. Um, And so it was really bad timing that I did this because I sent him this video literally as he was walking into the Apple store to get his phone fixed. Um, and so like he said, you know, thank you for sharing your feelings with me. I totally understand. Like, I'm really sorry this didn't happen. And then he was like, I'm, my phone's going to be fixed. They're probably going to, I'm not going to be able to talk to you for like an hour. And I was like, okay, that's fine. So, you know, I'm working and I see him walking into my store. Brat Moon Lexi is still there. And I'm like, what? He was like, I was, I was just coming to see you. I calm down. You know, we have tearful hugs. And he's just like, I... He was like, I was just worried about you and I couldn't talk to you and I wanted to make sure you were okay. And, and so he came in and we talked about those things. And I was like, you know, like, and I I talked to him and I was like, yeah, it, it made me sad, but, um, you know, it's not the end of the world. I still would really like to do it. No, please don't tell me what the surprise is. I want it to be a surprise. And, um, I was like, we'll make it happen. And, you know, just the fact that he, he drove all the way to my work to see how I was doing because he had no other way to talk to me and he wanted to make sure I was okay because I had expressed to him that I was really upset. And he was like, you know, I'm really sorry that you're having a bad day. And and he was like, you know, he's he's just such a good egg. He is such a good boy. And I, I feel like I don't deserve him, but I know I do because we've worked to get to this point together. We We deserve each other because we make sure that we have created a space in our relationship where the other person can tell us how they're feeling. Even if it's, you know, something that I did to hurt his feelings, there's room for him to tell me that. And for me, you know, to not make it about me and, oh my God, I'm the worst partner ever. or How could I do that? Or whatever, you know, comes through our heads. But we we really honor and recognize that the other person has feelings and those feelings don't always necessarily reflect on what we are doing as their partner. Um, and so, you know, the fact that he validated my feelings and, and thanked me for sharing them and was like, I totally understand why you would feel that way. I'm so sorry. And then, you know, it's really corny too. And I was t- immediately, cause you know, I told all my coworkers about this and we were talking about how we like felt like we were failures cause we weren't engaged and all this stuff or, or whatever. And I told my friend Sam about this too. And I was like, I'm really upset and you know, I'm in my brat mode. And you know, he told me, he was like, you know, every day is special that I get to spend with you though. And I know you like to celebrate things. I know you like to have special occasions. And so I under, like, I I can see why yesterday didn't feel special for you. And then with today, that makes a lot of sense. And he was like, I'm really sorry, but, um, you know, I hope you're still looking forward to Saturday where we can celebrate. And so I told my friend, my work wife, and I was like, yes. And I started off with like, he says, every day is special with you. And he, she was like, all right, he's laying it on a little thick. And I was like, no, no, no. That is really how he feels. Because Alex is a very low-key individual. If we sat on the couch and and watched TV in the background and, and parallel played our games and whatever it is that we do on our phones, for the rest of our life, he would be totally content. Because that's just how he is. He's a homebody. He doesn't like to go outside and in crowds and in public. And so every day where we do that really is special to him. But he acknowledged that I like big celebrations. I like doing things that, um, you know, commemorate an event. And um, so, you know, I told her that and she was like, oh, that is really sweet. And so it's just, you know, it felt nice to go afterwards when I was having almost a meltdown and I was crying all day. And I was like, you know, Alex came and, and talked to me and gave me a hug at work and wanted to make sure I was okay. And 
all this stuff. So I got to fill everyone in and be like, yeah, we're, we're really good. Um, and it's okay. And even though I was sad, I feel much better now. And I actually had that fit tournament my day around. I felt a lot better for the rest of the day. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just the communication and the ability to communicate with him and, and to get more in touch with our feelings has been so pivotal in our relationship. And, and so then it also makes me, I'm like, I know we have a better relationship than like 90% of the people that I know, just because I know we communicate with each other. I know that we talk to each other. We don't yell at each other. We don't, um, abuse each other emotionally or verbally. Um, and so like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, what do you mean? Like, how are you upset that you're not married? Because you guys have something so much more special than a lot of other people. And even if we're not comparing to other people, we have something that's very special and no wedding ring or no engagement ring is going to change that or make it stronger. And so this is something, you know, this is where I'm talking to my therapist and I'm like, I don't know why the fuck I'm so hung up on getting this goddamn ring. Like, I'm, I don't even care about the materialistic aspect of it. Honestly, if Alex got me a ring pop and proposed to me that way, I would be fine. And I mean, yes, part of me would be like, well, why didn't you get me a real ring? And so, and that's the thing though, too, is I'm like struggling with that part of it because I, I'm like, because I know that if we just got engaged and I didn't have a ring, I would still be a little upset. And so part of me is like, you know, I need to have this status that other people will see um, to know that somebody loves me unconditionally and loves me full, fully. I think that's part of it. So you know, like I said, I'm going to be talking to my therapist about this. Why am I so hung up on this goddamn ring? Why do I care so much? And even more so, why do I care so much when I'm not even a goddamn woman? I hate the patriarchy. I hate all of the patriarchal values uh, and like, you know, you need to be a, a good wife and, and like all of that bullshit. And weddings are a huge cornerstone of the patriarchy. And honestly, I even, I asked Alex at one point, I was like, what if I were to propose to you? Cause he has these like uh, bracelets that he wears all the time, like um, braided cord bracelets. Um, and he's never taken them off. His uh, former stepbrother used to, gave them to him at his uh, parents' wedding and, um, I, I was like, his, uh, his step-parents have now, or his stepmother and his father have now broken up. And so I was like, you know, do you want new bracelets? I can make you a new bracelet and I'll propose to you. And he was like, eh. and so, you know, there's that, I don't want to take that from him. Like he definitely wants to be the one to propose and that's fine. I'm okay with it, but I am gender non-conforming. I am gender queer. I'm non-binary. So why am I so hung up on like, oh, I need an engagement ring because I have a vagina. Like, and even not even because I have a vagina, but because I fulfill whatever, or because I was uh, socialized as a woman or whatever it is. Like, I'm still very much like, I need this ring. And, um, and, and part of me is still, you know, there is a very socialized female part of me that is like, you're worth nothing unless you get married and you're a wife and you are a mother. And, you know, I just came out as non-binary a few years ago. Um, and so, you know, I'm still on my gender journey and trying to analyze my relationship to the patriarchy and my relationship to my partner and my relationship to my own gender um, and all those sorts of things. So that's a lot of stuff that I'm going to be working through with my therapist, but it's this burden that I carry. It's this burden that I carry that society has given me that from the time I was five, I was dreaming up fairy tale weddings and had already had my life planned out at the age of five and expected to be a mom and all of this stuff. And so I've been carrying these ideas for almost 30 years that like the most successful a woman can be, and again, I was socialized as a woman for the majority of my life, the most successful that a woman can be is to be a wife and mother. And here I am at the age of 30, which is old, quote unquote. It's not old. I know I'm still super young, but to everybody, until you kind of hit this age, 30 seems old. And so like to hit 30 and be like, I'm not married. I don't have a house. I don't have kids. I don't have anything. 
it's kind of hard to not feel like a failure in that aspect. But like, I'm still very young. I still have my whole life ahead of me. And I don't need to rush it. But then at the same time, I'm also, you know, worried that I don't have my whole life ahead of me. We are in the middle of a, a huge curved, curved, a huge COVID surge right now. Um, this is seen by wastewater numbers. Um, people are still dying left and right from COVID. I mean, I mask constantly everywhere I go. Um, but a lot of people around me don't. And even with masking, I'm not perfect with it. I do take it down to drink and eat when I'm at work. I don't have the sit masks. I can't go a whole eight hour, hour workday with take, without taking my mask off. Um, I do overheat. So sometimes I do have to take it off just so I can get a, a, a breath so I don't pass out. I'm not perfect with it. So there still is the chance that I could get sick and I am terrified of getting long COVID. I really don't want those implications. I know I've gotten COVID at least once, maybe twice. And I don't want to get reinfected. And so that's also there, you know, like, yes, I do have the rest of my life ahead of me, but I might not. People in their 30s are having heart attacks out of nowhere and strokes and all these health complications that are unexpected for people their age. And so I have that at the back of my mind, too, that I'm like, we need to get married now. We need to get engaged now because what happens if something happens? (laughs) And I don't like thinking that way. But it is realistic. Like I ha like that may happen. And I mean Alex could get in a car accident or I could get in an accident any day. And so, you know, I understand the part of me that's like, we need to get married now, we have to do it now. But I also am kind of like, but why? Nothing's going to change. My relationship is gonna be the same. The only thing that's going to change is how I'm perceived by other people. And how other people perceive my relationship and where I'm at in my life. And honestly, what other people think about me doesn't really matter and it shouldn't matter. Kind of does, but that's the only thing that's going to change. Alex and I already live together. Alex and I already spend most of our time together. Alex and I already are pretty much married. Like we are domestic partners. We haven't filed the paperwork, but we've lived together long enough to be considered domestic partners. I already call him my partner. So like nothing's going to change. Um, I'm still really hung up on it though. So I don't know. I'm really looking forward to talking to my therapist about this so I can follow up with y'all about like what's going on in my brain that I feel like a failure because I don't have a goddamn ring on my finger. Um, when I don't even really agree with the institution of marriage and like that whole, (sighs) I don't know. I don't know. I got a lot of processing to do still, but I know I'm not alone in this. I know I have a lot of other people that I, I interact with that feel the same way, or they feel like they're not doing what they're supposed to for someone their age or they're they're not following the prescribed path or they're not good enough or they're never going to find true love. And like, you know, I just really hate that we live in a world that makes people feel that way, that they have to follow a blueprint. And if they're not following that blueprint, that they're not good enough. Um, and I really hope that by continuing with this podcast and continuing to do my mental health work and helping other people to do their own mental health work, that they'll be able to find their own path and they'll be able to um, move away from that idea that we have to do X, Y, and Z in order to be seen as a successful adult human. And I do think we are moving towards that direction, um, as a a generation and as a society. But again, I mean, this is hundreds and hundreds of years of, of tradition and culture and, you know, um, not, not even really culture in America, but, like, just the way we do things that, uh, we have to unlearn as a society. So if you also struggle with this, how how do you how do you deal with those feelings of inadequacy and struggling with the societal burdens that are not yours to carry? How have you divorced yourself? Haha. <laughs> Pun kind of intended. How have you divorced yourself from those notions? How have you divorced yourself from the idea that you're doing you're not doing things the right way? Um I'd love to hear from you guys. I really would. Um So yeah, my gratitude for today, I kind of already said it, but I'm grateful, um, for my partner and actually, no, I did that the other day, Reese. I, I'm not going to do that same thing. 
Actually, yes, I am. I am grateful that Alex was willing to let me share this topic on the podcast today because this is very personal. Um, This is like the inner workings of our relationship and some of the things we talk about. And it can be embarrassing for the whole world to be able to hear that stuff. And so I'm just really grateful that he he trusts me and he knows this is a way that I help process things and that it's also a way that, um, you know, will help some of my listeners too, that might be dealing with this. So I'm grateful that he, um, was okay with me talking about this on the show today. Um, it means a lot that he's so supportive of this endeavor, even when it directly (laughs) references him. So, with that, keep trying to get through the Menti Bs and crying through the Chevys. Uh, we got a mini sewed Monday this Monday and then a regular episode next Friday. See you guys then. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining for another episode. You can find the show on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at crying underscore trying underscore pod and on Facebook at Crying and Trying Pod. You can also find me personally on Instagram and Twitter at L E X G O N G I V I T 2 Y A underscore. If you'd like to email the show, feel free to send us questions, comments, episode suggestions, and any other feedback you want us to see to Crying and Trying Pod at gmail.com. The best way for a small, independent podcast like us to grow is for our listeners like you to share your favorite episodes with your friends. You can also rate, leave a review, and follow the show on your preferred streaming platform. And engaging in any of our social media posts will always help us be more visible. If you would like to support the show with a small one-time or monthly donation, you can do so through our podcast page on Anchor or through the Buy Me a Coffee page where blog posts related to the show are posted. All donations, no matter how small, go right back into the show so I can continue bringing you high-quality episodes. I am a proud member of the PodPros community and utilize PodMatch to connect with many amazing guests. This podcast is researched, recorded, produced, and edited by me, Lexi Hamsmith, using Anchor by Spotify. Thanks for listening.